Welcome to the Live Abroad Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Johanna, and this podcast is all about motivating young people to live their best life abroad. Hi everyone, welcome to episode number 10 of the Live Abroad Biz Podcast. I can't believe it's already episode number 10, and this episode is going to be with Kat. Kat is originally from the US, and she lived in abroad for the past six and a half years and she's now living in Vietnam. In this episode we talk all about uh, teaching English in Vietnam. We talk about who inspired her or forced her to move abroad for the first time and we also talk about the reverse culture shock. Definitely don't forget to check out Kat's website at at girlsgoneworking.world where she inspires other women to travel the world and live abroad. I will leave her social media links down below in the show notes. And yeah, enjoy the episode. Hi Kat, welcome to my podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So can you please introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners, where you're from, where you lived abroad and where are you right now? (laughs) Sure. So I'm Kat. I am originally from the States, from Atlanta. I've been living abroad about six and a half years now. It's brought me kind of all over the world a little bit. Um, But right now I'm living in Ho Chi Minh, Vietnam. I've been here about a year. Mm -hmm. And can you quickly mention the other destinations that you lived in? Sure. Um, I've lived and worked in Guatemala, Ecuador, Peru, Panama, Colombia, France, and last year in Korea. And I've traveled to about 20 or so others in between those spots. Wow, that's a very long list. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. It's been a fun few years. Mm-hmm. So how did you get to Vietnam? Uh, I came here actually for work. When I finished up my contract, I was teaching English in Korea, Mm -hmm. and I'm married to a a Colombian, and we kind of pick our spots. We were picking our spots based on my visas, so Mm -hmm. based on where I could get work, and I had had a dream to come to Vietnam, so we came and checked it out, and we both really liked it, and I applied for some schools, and I got a job, and so here I am. So you are teaching English in Vietnam, right? I was. Uh-huh. I actually had an injury from Korea, a silly little in- ankle injury that kept flaring mm-hmm. up. And so I had to quit teaching in person just a couple months ago. So I teach online now. Wow, well, that's even better. Now you have more options to travel. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really. I was kind of nervous about the switch because I like that like in-person contact mm-hmm. but man the freedom of working online is really nice yes really nice I did a couple of hours teaching English online as well and yeah, oh it's, really it's really nice mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really it's a good one I'm glad I'm glad I started doing it <laughs> that's awesome to meet someone who does that as well uh, so yeah Would you say uh, that someone inspired you to like travel all these countries or was it originally your own decision? Well, I think they would probably deny it if you asked them, but my parents definitely inspired me to do so. 
they forced me <laughs> to take a semester <laughs> off in between high school and university. And they sent me to Guatemala. I did not want to go. I wanted to go to university like all of my friends were. Um, but once I was there, I kept changing my flight back. I was like refusing to come home. So um, I finally did. I came home, went to university. But ever since that trip, I had one goal once I graduated, and that was to move back abroad. So I definitely like to remind them that they started it. <laughs> wow, that's that's a unique story. I I don't think I've ever heard of anyone that was like so, you know, inspired by yeah. their parents. I I don't think I really don't think my parents uh, were <laughs> expecting the impact it was going to have on me. Yeah. Um, but but one thing that I really kind of like find like what I like so much about it is that I went. Like, I was forced to go, mm -hmm. you know. I When the plane was taking off and everyone around me was speaking Spanish, I honestly tried to stand up and get off the flight. <laughs> and the flight attendant was like, no, no, we're taking off. Like, are you okay? I was like, okay, I'm going to Guatemala. <laughs> But um, them forcing me to do something outside of my comfort zone opened up a passion I never knew I had. And it really changed the course of my life, you know, mm -hmm. which is pretty Cool. That's awesome. Now, would you say yeah. they they for, kind of forced you because they had the same experience that it showed them like how amazing it is or because they didn't have the opportunity to travel when they were young? For um, I kind of neither. That's a good question. I've never really kind of thought about that too much. They both, my dad was in the military mm -hmm. and so they lived abroad a few years in Germany and they both really loved that experience. Um, But they also, at the end of those three years, you know, they were ready to come back home. Mm -hmm. But I think it was more of just kind of wanting to give me a different option. And I remember they went to dinner one night with friends and they were, the friend was talking about, oh, I, you know, spent some time in Guatemala and it's so great. And they came home from dinner and were like, you're going to Guatemala. I was like, Wait, <laughs> what? So I kind of, honestly, I think it was kind of a whim. But um, mm -hmm. I know, I think them living abroad, like it did have some sort of impact, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what did your preparations look like? And would you say that um, there was a big difference when you prepared for Guatemala, you know, your first trip, and then now to Vietnam, six oh, years huge. later? <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge difference. Um, my prep for Guatemala... <laughs> So this is when I was 18. So this is 2008. Mm -hmm. And my dad brought me Rosetta Stone CDs to learn Spanish from. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was my prep for Guatemala, was sitting in my room, repeating after the CD, not saying anything right, but really not having a clue. Um, and my parents really helped me pack. They kind of did a lot of it, I think, mainly because I was hesitant, you know, I was a little anxious about it all. Um, but now, like, moving abroad to me is, like, the most exciting thing in the world. And I uh, I like going, I've moved to places before that I'd never previously been. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of, and I don't do, I do some research, you know, I kind of want to know what I'm getting myself into, but I'm not a really huge planner. 
Uh, Vietnam was probably more planned than most countries because we did come here to visit before we moved. Mm -hmm. We had some months uh, free after I finished my contract in Korea and before we were going back to Columbia to get married. And so we traveled around and went to Vietnam kind of like looking at it. Could we live here? That was really the first time I've done that. Um, So in that terms, yeah, I did prep a little bit more for Vietnam. I knew kind of what I was getting myself into a bit. Mm -hmm. And now that you like Vietnam was the first destination that you like visited before you went, would you say it helped you? Would you do it for the next destination? Would you like visit Uh, before you move or... Yeah, we actually, we're, we're moving. We can't stay still. Uh, we're moving. <laughs> it'll be a year anniversary, uh, like here in Ho Chi Minh in July. And we're celebrating that by moving to another city. We're staying in Vietnam, but going to Da Nang, mm-hmm. uh, a city on the beach. And we've been there before. And we're actually going next week to try to find an apartment and kind of get things settled so it'll be a easier move and we won't have to spend time with all of our stuff, you know, in a hotel. Wow. So now that I've done that and seen the perks of, you know, preparing a little bit more, I think when it's possible, we'll keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good advice. Um, so yeah. what, what ob- the obstacles did you have to overcome in order to get to Vietnam and how did you do it? Um... I think Vietnam was actually pretty easy. Usually obstacles, at least that I found, are visas. Mm -hmm. That's kind of always the biggest hindrance. You know, can I get a working visa here? Okay, if I can't, how long can I be here as a tourist? And, like, I make my moves based on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Vietnam was easy. I had a job lined up. They helped me with visas. And even now that I'm not working with a school... Vietnam gives visas away pretty easily, um, especially with an American passport. They're, they're very giving to us. So the typical obstacle hasn't been so much here. And my, my husband, I mentioned he was Colombian. That's mm-hmm. also a harder one because his passport's a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm. And Vietnam, again, is easy for him as well. Now, would you, uh, because you have so much experience with that, would you mention other countries that are like easy for Americans to get a visa in? Yeah. Um, as far as like, I'd say there's like a difference between, so a work visa and like a tourist visa. If you want to do a work visa, if you're able to get a job that luckily as an American, most countries are willing to hire an American, especially for teaching English. That's kind of the easiest way I've found for a native speaker, especially if you have a degree and especially if you're willing to get a certification, you can get a visa a lot of places. Europe's a bit more difficult in general, um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Asia, I think, is the easiest to find jobs and to get visas. And a lot of countries in Southeast Asia, like Vietnam, Thailand and Cambodia and all of those countries, Even if you do it yourself and you work online or aren't working and just want to hang out, um, usually you just have to leave every three months and then you leave for a day or even a few hours and you can come back in. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty similar also in Latin America. 
But a lot of times in those places, if you're on your own, you have a three-month visa, but you need to leave for at least a night and sometimes a couple nights, depending on the country. Oh, that's still pretty good. I say, I yeah. It's so very, I'm very, very privileged to have an American passport. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so what was the biggest thing that you learned or gained from living abroad? Um, so I think the thing that I've now realized I gain every day abroad that I didn't really expect to gain was I'm constantly learning about myself and, you know, the world in general. But like I mentioned earlier, I teach a lot abroad, but I feel like every day I walk away thinking I've actually been the one learning more wow. <laughs> than teaching. Um, I think you really get to know yourself when you're outside of your comfort zone. You know what you like, you know what you don't like, and you kind of just have experiences that you never would have had in your comfort zone. Um, so I think it really pushes you to get to know yourself better. And it also kind of expands your mind. You know, you get to see how other cultures and other people live and you kind of realize that what you thought was always right or wrong might not necessarily be that way. You know, it's kind of more in a gray zone, I think, a lot of times. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know okay. some other like girls that I interviewed as well, and I think it really helps you with understanding other people more. But I yes, wanted to absolutely. go back to the visa because I kind of like rushed it, and I actually wanted sure. to say something. And <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I have a European passport, and I did come came to the US for one semester as an exchange student. But I would always complain to my friends that it's so hard to get a visa in the U.S. for basically anyone now with the immigration situation. And yes. I feel like now that you've told me that it's actually hard for Americans to get a European visa, we are now <laughs> equal, you know. <laughs> does that make you feel a little better? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true. Like, I know we're lucky in the sense that we can go to Europe visa-free for three months. Mm -hmm. We're given, like, that tourist kind of, like, the EU zone. Mm -hmm. We're given that, you know, visa-free tourist time. But if I wanted to stay and work in Austria... I'd have to have a really, you know, a good job willing to sponsor that visa. You know, they won't just kind of give it away to me. Yeah, usually I feel like it's easier if you work for a big multinational company, they would like uh, sponsor if you want to relocate from the U.S. to Europe. Usually the big yeah, multinational companies. I've, I've given that advice to people that one of the best ways, especially if you want to keep your job or keep your current kind of um, industry, mm -hmm is to ask, you know, if they have any international transfers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And then, do you have any tips for overcoming culture shock? Because you moved to, like, from the States, you know, to all the way to Asia. And would you say that you have experienced culture shock or not at all? Uh, I definitely have. I think more so in the beginning. So after I graduated university, I joined the Peace Corps and I was in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in Ecuador for two and a half years. Like really kind of 
got to know Ecuador. And there, I think, is where I really felt it because I was living and working in a really small town and was just completely thrown in kind of the deep end of it. And it is hard. You know, it's really hard when things that you take for granted that are little things that you think are supposed to happen that you don't even have to really like think about it. Just that's what happens. Then it doesn't happen, you know, in another country. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's mentally exhausting. It's draining when every little thing is kind of different. Um, So I, I have felt that, but I would say maybe it sounds cliche, but the best advice I can give is practice patience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And really just like take a step back, take a deep breath. If anything's kind of frustrating you and remember the reasons you left your country, because, you know, for me, I've done it out of choice. And a lot of people, I think listening to the podcast are moving, you know, out of choice. So remember why Mm -hmm. you did it, focus on the positive things and just, Patience, 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 you know? Yeah, because eventually it will get better. Like, there is going to yeah. be better days. Mm-hmm. And I've actually experienced reverse culture shock, I think, harder than I experienced oh my gosh, me culture too. shock. Yeah, you yes. felt that too. Isn't yes. it crazy? Definitely. Oh, my gosh. Like, culture shock was not even a big thing for me. But when I came back, I was like... I was really confused and yeah, I woke up and I didn't even know if it was a dream or if it really happened. So I had to check everything <laughs> that I brought with me. <laughs> Where are you from? Where's home? Uh, Czech Republic. So I was okay. in the States for half a year. And when I came there, it seemed kind of similar. I was like, yeah, people are the same everywhere. Like people go shopping, people go to school, people go to work. But then mm-hmm. when I came back home, I realized all the differences. Like I went to, I was in Texas. So I realized like how we have small cars now, you know. In <laughs> <laughs> no more big trucks. <laughs> right. Yeah, everything. How was your experience yeah. with reverse culture shock? Uh, mine was pretty similar. Again, I think it's just like messes with your mind. So like I said, like, you take these little things for granted because you grew up in your culture and you're used to it. You go abroad and you get used to something else. And then you go back to where I think you're supposed to feel comfortable, like mentally, you're like, oh, this is my home. And then when it doesn't feel that way, I think it hits you even harder. Like abroad, you're expecting those changes and you're expecting those differences, but back home, you're, you're not. So it's like, whoa, okay, I wasn't, you know, this is weird, but this is actually what I'm used to. Um, my issue, I actually kept forgetting words in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened um, to me as well. <laughs> yeah. Like the first day I got back to the States, so I went to Ecuador two and a half years and I didn't go home during that time. So when I went back, you know, it was the first time in two and a half years and I was sitting at brunch with my family and some friends from picking me up from the airport. And I could not remember how to say I wanted like sunny side up eggs. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it. My dad was like, what? Like I panicked in front of the waiter. I was like stuttering and was like, uh, you know, the egg is like cooked, but it's not cooked, you know, just not <laughs> making any sense. My dad was like, what is going on? Like, are you okay? And I finally, he had to tell me the word. He got what I was trying to say, <laughs> but like, 
that was just insane. <laughs> you know, like mentally, I was like, what is happening? You know? Yeah, definitely. I would like make up my own words because I didn't know <laughs> what, what word was <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and also one okay. thing that kind of bugged me when I came, I don't know if you experienced that or if it just was me, but I, when I came back, I was expecting uh, other people that I know, my friends or my family to kind of change. But when I came, they were the same. They were doing the same things. And I was like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, was, no, was, I, I absolutely know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like, at, from one side, it's, like, comforting because you know that you're going to find them at the same, uh, in the same place. But at one point, like, you have grown so much, you have changed so much, and you have experienced a lot that you would expect others to do the same thing but they were still in the same place you know doing the same thing (laughs) yeah no I I absolutely I know what you mean and I also kind of feel like it was hard to talk fully about my experiences with people that hadn't yet gone abroad or hadn't had a similar experience you know I'd start to explain it and then be like okay, you don't get it, you know, and that's okay. Like I wasn't, you know, but in the beginning, it definitely was hard, you know, when you're sitting with your best friends and you can't fully explain yourself to them. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, uh, definitely agree with that. So yeah, is there any final piece of advice that you would like to give to the listeners? Uh, Yeah, I have have two that I thought of. (laughs) Um, One is there's no harm in trying You know, if you just have this idea, you want to move abroad, or maybe you've moved abroad a bunch, but this time you want to try Africa or, you know, anything new, why not try? You know, Mm -hmm. and if it isn't for you or you don't like it or it doesn't mesh or whatever it is, that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be permanent. Nothing you do, at least in this sense, is permanent. So mm-hmm. give it a shot, you know, and, and see. And maybe, maybe it'll be like me, my parents forcing me on a plane and me not wanting to go. But at the end, it changed everything for me, you know. Um, so that's one. And two uh, is a quote I really like. And it means it's the gist of it is if you're not happy with where you are, move. You're not a tree. So, you know, you hear so many people that just aren't content with their current situation, but they don't do anything to change it. Mm -hmm. And you you can, you have all the power in the world to make a change. You know, you're not a tree. You're not stuck in this one place, you know. Wow, that's amazing. I love that you said uh, the first one that it's not permanent. Like, it Mm -hmm. feels so, um, it feels like such a big change for some people that they kind of get into that idea that it's permanent they will never get their life back like they will never see their family again or something like that but it's just for a certain period of time and you will eventually right. come back yeah that, that's yeah. awesome good um, I'm, I'm glad yeah mm-hmm. but that's I think it's exactly right people like I think so many people think it's just like oh my god if I do this if I go there I can't come back I can't get what I had before but also I think it's that fear Mm -hmm. of failure like that fear of like oh well I can't go home because what will people think you know and I also think that's pretty silly like if people want to if you want to go home and you're worried what people think say hey I just had this awesome experience but it was time to come home and done you know yes 
Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I loved having yeah, you on the podcast. I hope yeah, you thank you for inviting me. Have a great day. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope it inspired you to explore the world. Definitely don't forget to check out Kat's uh, website and her social media links down below uh, in the show notes. And I also wanted to ask one thing from you. If you could review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. So just down below underneath uh, the this episode, there will be a review. Just click on five stars and it will help other people to discover this podcast. And yeah, have a great week and you will hear from me in the next episode. Bye.